welcome to this BGSM podcast. My name is Stefan Griffin. I'm a member of the BGSM editorial team. And today I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. Nikki Key. Nikki is a sports and dance endocrinologist and honorary fellow with the Department of Sport and Exercise Sciences at Durham University. Many of our listeners will know Nikki from some of her publications in BGSM on issues relating to female athlete health, which we'll go on to discuss today. So welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Let me start with a question. Isn't it normal for athletes or women who regularly exercise to miss periods? No. (laughs) The short answer, absolutely not. Um, You know, uh, having menstrual cycles characterized by a regular period, menstrual bleeds, that is normal physiology for women of reproductive age, regardless of how much exercise you're doing. So um, if, you are, if your period stops, then that is a warning sign. I call menstruation the barometer of healthy internal hormones is what I call them. So, you know, it's a warning sign if your period stops that something isn't right inside hormone-wise and that absolutely needs investigation. Because after all, there could be a medical condition uh, going on, or it could be an imbalance of the training and the nutrition. So, uh, the, so basically, no, it's not normal for, for women's periods to stop, regardless of how much exercise they're doing. Um, and just because something you're saying, oh, isn't it normal or doesn't happen a lot, just because something is common doesn't make it normal. Just because type 2 diabetes is on the increase doesn't suddenly now make that normal. So same thing, Um, any female athletes or dancers or exercisers in general, if your periods stop and you're a woman of reproductive age, um, please, that is not normal and that needs looking into. Brilliant. And it's not often we shatter a misconception like that probably a minute or two into the podcast. Yeah, that's that's done and dusted now. Um, But as I say, yes, exactly. Um, that's the main thing. One of your other roles is as a chief medical officer for the commercial entity Fourth Edge, um, where you're involved with athlete monitoring and in particular menstrual monitoring. Um, how does menstrual monitoring help and how might it potentially influence performance and, uh, and inform conversations? I mean, why are periods, why are periods so important? I suppose we should start with that. Um, and having a menstrual bleed is just a manifestation of internal healthy hormone networks and it's very complicated it's true the hormone networks for a woman Uh, and what drives adaptations to exercise hormones so if you haven't got healthy responsive hormones then you're not going to get the most out of your training Um, but equally because of those fluctuations in the hormones there can be times when uh, you know, as a woman, uh, you know, you might feel different or you might respond slightly differently to training or, or whatever. So that's why, in my opinion, uh, menstrual monitoring is a vital training metric. It tells you, number one, if you've got the right balance of training load and nutrition. But secondly, also, it just sort of tells you, you can um, integrate it with uh, your well-being, uh, you know, your subjective report, how you're feeling, um, and and having it sort of monitored, you know, having it there. Uh, I had come across lots of women who, uh, it's like, you know, unless you have it there in black and white next door to your training, then and your uh, subjective well-being, um, it's like, oh, now I see the pattern. You can recognise the patterns for yourself. It's like, okay, 
it's always that week before the menstrual bleed when I'm feeling a little bit sluggish and I'm feeling a bit hot and I can't get good sleep. And then if you see the pattern yourself, then you can take, uh, you know, proactive steps rather than it coming as a shock every time you go through a cycle. Uh, and also the other thing is, you know, um, competition days are fixed. Performance days, if you're a dancer, they're fixed. So yes, we can't change the cycle, but you can uh, go to that uh, competition or go enter that performance feeling secure that you've put in place, you know where you are in cycle, you've put in all the strategies that you personally benefit from for that phase of your cycle. So it, it just, um, you know, makes the system, you just feel more confident as an athlete or dancer. And so um, athlete monitoring is, uh, an, is now included, um, menstrual tracking as part of the, what we're using with Scottish Ballet, for example. Um, so now the dancers find that very useful to be tracking their cycles and they can see it for themselves alongside their training loads, their, their wellness uh, metrics. So it makes it easier for them to know and easier for me to help them and direct them and give them advice. Basically, information is, is empowerment. Uh, and so, you know, why wouldn't you gather all this information and so you can uh, be the best athlete or dancer or exerciser that you can be? Sure. I think actually this might lead on to quite a useful uh, hypothetical case study, let's say, and maybe an opportunity to dispel another myth around around periods. So let's say you're working with, I know you work with Scottish Ballet, so let's say you're working with a with a dancer. The monitoring of her of her period shows that actually she's likely to begin her next one in a week, which coincides with a really important uh performance or event should the physician looking after the athlete look to prescribe something like an oral contraceptive pill to, to, to delay the period or is this going about it completely the wrong way um well i would tend i mean you know doctors we try to avoid medication unless it's absolutely necessary and i think one could be you know, dealing with fires, um, that sort of intervention. Of course, it will depend on the individual. I mean, you know, if she knows that actually she gets lots of cramps and bleeding, then, but you see, this is the point already before that, we will have, you know, I've spoken to the dancer, will have worked out, okay, this is a problem time for you. So we will have already, you don't suddenly come to the performance day unprepared already. Uh, before that, many months before that, we have worked out what are the best strategies for her to overcome this. Uh, you know, is she drinking enough? Is she doing some, uh, you know, yoga and Pilates is helpful to, if you do have cramps, for example, has she got enough iron on board? If she's got heavy bleeding, you know, uh, to prevent uh, feeling sort of tired and fatigued because of loss of iron. So already I would say going about this in a different way. Uh, you know, being prepared for it rather than relying on medication and drugs is my personal uh, is my personal view on that. Something you've referred to a few times is energy and load and the kind of the the balance between some uh, some of these systems. Um, a lot of our listeners will have heard of Reds, um, or in the past maybe female athlete mm -hmm. triad. Um, might you be able to just to touch on this in terms of how does this manifest? How does it link in with periods? Um, and how might you kind of spot reds in a, in a female athlete? As you say, it all started with the female athlete triad. So it was noticed, um, reported uh, by Barbara Drinkwater, um, working with collegiate runners, those that had a higher 
training load per week mileage. Um, they were the ones that tend to be the ones with irregular periods or, or amenorrhea periods stopping and also poor uh, bone mineral density. So that's where the triad comes in. Um, uh, a range from disordered eating to a full-blown eating disorder associated with uh, disruption of menstrual function uh, from oligomenorrhea all the way down to amenorrhea and also bone health issues, uh, you know, from uh, suboptimal uh, BMD right the way down to osteoporosis, stress fractures, etc. So it was first noted in women, and I would argue it, the reason it was first alerted as a problem in women is because of the menstrual cycles. You see, this is why they're such a useful clinical sign that uh, something is amiss if they stop. Um, and since then, we have now, uh, there's the IOC consensus statement published in the BJ SIM from 2014 um, describing REDS because the only uh, sort of issue, if you would like, with the female athlete triad. Number one, it was excluding half the population, the men, and also it was just limited to those clinical findings, outcomes of menstrual disruption and poor bone health. And since then, we've now seen that there are other manifestations in other systems of the body, not just those uh, of all the endocrine networks, um, and it can manifest itself as. Uh, gastrointestinal problems because every system in the body needs sufficient energy to uh, work to its optimal uh, in its optimal way so any system you you care to describe in the body there will there could potentially be problems uh, gastrointestinal menstrual issues um, more likely to get injured soft tissue and bone stress bone health itself there can be issues with sleep um, mood changes and underlying all of these I would argue it's the hormones, it's the hormone that's what's being downregulated. But I suppose we should really um, home in on what's, what's the etiology of this? What's the etiology of these, um, this constellation, this syndrome of REDS, all these consequences? What do we mean by low energy availability? Um, and in order to uh, survive, of course, you have to take all your energy, get all your energy derived from your nutritional intake. And that's partitioned, uh, prioritized the energy intake that's given to for the energy to cover the energy demand from exercise training. Uh, the residual energy that's known as low energy availability, and um, low energy availability. There, uh, there's you know debate what exactly the threshold is for it will vary from individual to individual, how much you need per kilogram of lean body mass. But suffice to say, if you have a sufficient energy availability, then there's no problem. Of course, all your physiological processes can uh, go on uh, as they should, um, and you're healthy, and you can perform to your best. But if either you've got such a high training demand that that's just sort of sucking away all that energy, uh, then you will end up in low energy availability. That sort of could be the unintentional uh, athlete or dancer in reds. Or if you're in an aesthetic uh, sport discipline or dance or weight restricted, or you think that you're going to uh, gain a performance advantage by being lightweight, it might be a more intentional strategy that you reduce what you're eating. And therefore, of course, you're going to end up in lower energy availability. So there are various ways of arriving 
in this state of low energy availability. But fundamentally, it's a mismatch or an imbalance between, uh, you know, training load and energy demand and, uh, you know, energy input uh, effectively. Uh, but needless to say, there are many psychological that's putting it very, in very, very simple terms. There are obviously many uh, psychological drivers to that, but that's the fundamental thing. So insufficient energy availability will mean that your body systems will uh, downregulate to save energy, uh, and this will lead to those uh, manifestations um, in terms of, uh, in women, menstrual disruption, gastrointestinal problems, um, poor bone health and injuries, um and also ultimately on the performance so and that's probably the sad thing and uh that the athletes might not realize they they might get a few good performances uh but they don't realize that in the long term they'll never be able to reach their full potential because everything is down regulated um so there we go that's reds in a nutshell great thanks for covering such a broad uh, a broad topic in such a concise way that's probably a good place to stop this podcast, Nikki. But we'll continue to discuss REDS in detail in our next podcast, which listeners will find in the same place as this one. So thanks so much for joining us and for sharing your experience. And to all our listeners, we hope you'll join us soon for part two. Have a great physically active day.